Can the Mets beat a lousy team or are they just a lousy team? A series split in the nation's capital. It was a circus for the Mets against the Nationals. They lose and get spanked in the butt on Monday and they will return home this week, Figgy. But boy, oh boy, this team at some point soon has got to start winning series before this thing starts slumping away from them. Yeah, and it doesn't get easier anytime soon as the Tampa Bay Rays pay a visit to the Mets at City Field. It will have Justin Verlander going. Let's see if they can do something that no one else seems to be able to do and slow down that offense. It's mid-May, and we finally see Justin Verlander take the mound at City Field. There's something to look forward to. We'll recap the ugly weekend, look ahead to the week ahead, and we'll take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. It's all coming up next on a new episode of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True. The welcomes get more and more depressing each episode. <laughs> I mean, the it's you don't even have it. You don't have it in you. you don't there's have no crescendo you. or decrescendo. It's just a endo. I don't know what to call it. An endo. <laughs> it's the end of times. It's Jake Brown here with Nelson Figueroa. It's our Mets podcast from the New York Post. No guest today. We'll try and keep things somewhat light later as we take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Figgy, we'll start with some pleasantries before I start yelling. Uh, how was your first show? New York, what is it? New York Sports Nation. It's a long name. New York <laughs> Sports Nation Nightly on Pix 11. Well, the New York part is already implied because we're in New York. It's Channel 11, Pix 11. So it's Sports Nation Nightly. So it's uh, a spinoff of our Sports Nation show, which was just an hour show every Sunday at 11 o'clock at night. We do half hour shows at seven o'clock weekdays. Yeah, I, I will be your Tony Reale where I'll correct you, where I texted you after saying it is the Brooklyn. You said New Jersey Nets. That was the one yeah. mistake. Otherwise, you did a good job. Thank you. You look good on there. Uh, I see you and Moose do your little pat fist pound. You know, we, we do that virtually here. <laughs> uh, you, see, you're afraid to go into the studio. We haven't yeah. been in the studio in I'm how I'm not long? afraid. I mean, it's just not, it's not the nice, it's, it's no uh, TV studio or closet that we have That's there. That's true. That is true. Uh, so amazing, but true. will not be trapped in the closet uh, for a while this season, <laughs> but uh, well, you were on TV Monday, the New York Mets were, but we couldn't find them. We couldn't find the channel. We couldn't find the bats. We couldn't find anything. By my math, that makes them a lousy team. And by my math, 20 and 22 record as we head into a six-game homestand coming up against the league-leading World Series contending Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Guardians, who are a decent team. The Mets are two games under 500 at 20 and 22. After a weekend where, sure, they might have split the series, but they essentially lost that series, Figgy. They could not hit. They have not hit a home run since May 10th. It's been one, two, three, four, five straight games without a home run. It's been 52 innings since Pete Alonso hit a home run, which was, I believe, their lone run. We knew this team didn't have a lot of power. We we knew they were more gap-to-gap type. We had some speed up at the top between... Nimmo, Lindor, uh, McNeil can run. He's athletic. You got Marte who can run athletic. You figure those four guys, you know, they're they're more doubles hitters with occasional pop. 
Pete Alonso is going to have to carry the load with the big bat, and you would hope Vogelback, being a DH, could you know hit a, a, at least a few home runs. But this is getting ridiculous now. Um, the catching position is giving you nothing uh, offensively. The uh, or on the base can- pass where you get picked off with the bases loaded. I didn't know that was possible in this sport. Where were you going? There's nowhere to go. The face is ducks on the pond. There's Long Island ducks on the pond. Where is he going, Alvarez? Yeah, see, this is what happens when you have friends and you think everybody's your friend until they pick you off. And I remember this happened to Pete Alonzo. Um, he got picked off as well. So don't let Pete stand or feel like he was above uh, a rookie getting picked off. He got picked off as well. And I remember texting him afterwards and I go, nobody is your friend. Remember that. No one is your friend. It, it, first baseman do it all the time. They lull you in a sense of, no, nah, I'm playing way back. And then all of a sudden, boom, little hand gesture to the catcher. And in a huge situation with bases loaded, the rookie gets picked off. And it, those are the little things that add up that make a manager want to rip his hair right out and you know, make it harder and harder to put his name in the lineup because you want to give him that example of, look, that can't happen, but that who else is going to catch? Even though Perez did a fantastic job filling in with the four-hit game. Yeah, it was uh, a Wendy's special. You get the fries, you get the burger, you get the soda, and you get the nuggets. It was four yeah. for four. Four for four. You can't beat that. That was as good as it gets for him. It's the second four-hit game of his career. Doesn't look like a – didn't look like a rookie where, oh, my God, what could he possibly do? He looked very calm, composed, put good swings on every uh, – every at bat and um you know he handled himself very well behind the dish so that's what happens when you sign a veteran backup like that and uh i don't know if we'll ever see gary sanchez oh i was about to say sudden- el gary is six for 16 with seven walks a homer and five rbis and he has an option to get out of his contract by friday if he wants to so the mets might have these next five days before el gary says el adios to the new york mets and goes elsewhere because you might have to call him out uh, at some point. I wouldn't hate him if he was like, I'm out of here. You have Alvarez. You have Narvaez coming back. You like Perez. I'll go somewhere else where I might get a chance. He might not get that chance here. And I wouldn't even hate seeing him this point this week in Queens. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that you knew when he signed that something was wrong. <laughs> you knew, there was no reason to bring in Gary Sanchez if everybody was healthy. And all of a sudden, oh, look at that. Nito goes on the IL. I don't think... Um, Nevaez is, is ready yet to come back or start baseball activities. You know, they might have to just try it just to try it, but th- that means Perez would have to go back down. And I don't know if Perez has uh, options or not, if you ever would have to clear waivers. So it gets very complicated when you bring in a guy who has so much major league time and can opt out. Um, it, it, it looks great on paper, but, you know, if Gary Sanchez wasn't hitting, he'd want to probably stay. You know, and, and see if he because where's he going? Honestly, I don't think there's a big market for Gary Sanchez at this point. All right, we'll get back to the hitting. Let, let's transition to the pitching because the Mets are one in seven when David Peterson starts this season. That one win, he gave up six runs. The only time they won with him on the mound was another start. He got rocked. His confidence is shot. I don't want to take a dump all over the guy, but get the hell off this roster right now. And Carlos Carrasco is back this weekend, barring another illness or another setback or something. (laughs) And for the Mets fans who said, I'd rather have Peterson in the rotation than Carrasco, your mouth better be taped shut now. This isn't a Kanye album. He's got an 8.0 ADRA, and there's no good 808s about that ERA. (laughs) That is Steve Traxel 2001-esque. They showed the numbers. Traxel had something around over an ADRA, his first like eight starts in 2001. And he was the most winningest pitcher of the decade. So I shouldn't even put 
David Peterson in that same sentence no, okay. as our guy who we love, who we saw last year in the suite. So David Peterson, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. And he's headed back to upstate New York this week because he will be off the roster and you can't blame him that much, but you can when the Mets are being outscored 37 to nine in the first inning death taxes and the Mets trailing games after the first, this was a team that excelled in the first inning last year. And now you're demoralized. If you turn the game on late, because you know, not even late. What do you mean? Late second inning. Yeah. It's second or third inning. And the Mets are already losing. And this is night after night after night. And then you follow that in the second with getting picked off of the base loader. Like we said with Alvarez, you knew these things were going to come back to bite them. It was a fundamentally bad week. And then Alvarez, First and third, he throws to second, which I hate doing when there's a runner at third. But then he made a bad throw, gets in the center field, the run scores. That's the kind of stuff that can't happen. This looked like a lackadaisical team. And listen, Patrick Corbin, this is in 2019. Patrick Corbin made you look like a Cy Young winner last year, Figgy. He was 6-19 and 19 with a 6-3-1 ERA. The year prior, 9-16 and 16 with a 5-8-2 ERA. The Mets can't be losing to these bad pitchers. Sunday, they lose to a Harvey, and it wasn't Matt Harvey on the mound. Hunter Harvey out there. 4-9 and nine in the stretch against the sub-500 teams. It's unacceptable baseball. The New York Mets have not won a series since the eve of 420, they've been baked for a month. They've been stoned <laughs> for the last four weeks. They have a hangover from the sour diesel, Biggie. They are ripped out of their minds. They've been hitting blunts, and they haven't put them down. They've been hitting blunts more <laughs> than they're hitting baseballs. 419, that was the last time they won. It was against the Dodgers in L.A., it was on the eve of 420. It was an afternoon game. If it was a night game, I could say it was 420 on the East Coast, but it was not. They haven't won a series since then. They've been in a lackadaisical downfall, and they need a spark to the lineup, not to the blunt. They need a spark, and they have to do something. It's time to shake it up is right now, and whether that's you know Mauricio, whether that's Vientos, whether that's Gary Sanchez, you need an infusion Lineup-wise, it's hard to make it work with two guys. You're probably going to be able to do one unless you decide to cut Tommy Pham. But I've had enough of Luis Guillorme starting twice a week. He can't hit. He's a defensive player. That's all he is. Get him off the roster. Tommy Pham, if you get him off, fine. Just don't sign him to your fantasy football team, and you'll be just <laughs> fine. There has to be a spark, Figgy. And I don't know what it is, but one or two of those guys needs to be in the lineup Tuesday, when Justin Verlander, in one positive news, makes his home debut against the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays at City Field. Yeah, you got to figure Mark Vientos is going to get that call. I mean, the guy has done everything he needs to do at AAA. He has years of experience in AAA and then hitting, you know, 20, 25 home runs. He he needs to get an opportunity to prove that he can't do it at the big league level. He got acclimated last year. It started off slow for him. Then he started swinging the bat a little bit better. Right now, he's in a great groove. It's a, a really good time to get him in, in there. And and you know what? Tommy Pham, yes, is a veteran player, but you can't keep running out guys that are having these 200 or sub-200 batting he averages. He cleanup on Monday. He hit cleanup. What are we – it's this Eric Campbell soup part We were two? just looking at that. We were just looking at that lineup, the one that had Mayberry. John Mayberry, yeah. Mayberry batting fourth, Campbell batting fifth, Lucas Duda batting sixth. 
Um, dildo TJ Rivera batting seventh. Tejada they need was, a rally dildo right Tejada now. Tejada was batting second at the time. So, you know, and then Tejada's with the Ducks. So I, I really think that this team needs to bring up Vientos, um, see what the kid can do, give him an opportunity, whether that's an IL stint for Tommy Pham or or somebody it's I mean it, it's something has to to change and what not, not just that we saw some things today um you know Nimo listen I love the fact that he's being aggressive in center field I love the fact that he's getting to a lot of balls but when you have Starling Marte standing by the side of you and he's yelling I got it I got it I think he's caught a lot more balls in his career than you have let him catch the damn ball. If you didn't hear him say, I got it, that's different. If you're going to lay out for the ball and you can be aggressive, that's different. But he's standing underneath the damn ball. He's screaming and yelling, I got it. And you still get in the way. And when he pulls away, you pull your glove back and the miscommunication leads to that triple. That That's something that can't happen. I, I, I and also that. with the sun coming in, that may, it was already going to be whoever caught it a difficult play. And Nimmo made it more difficult. I agree by... You know, Mark, you heard Marte say, I don't, we they didn't show if Nimmo said, I got it either. Oh, but you can matter. see Marte said it. You can see Marte said it. And, and Marte has played center field for numbers of years and, and been very uh, well respected defensively. Why is this isn't somebody you're trying to hide in right field? Let him catch the damn ball. We've seen this a lot already where he's almost running into Nimmo um, because Nimmo wants to cover a lot of ground and cover extra ground. Look, you, you got your 160 million. You don't need to go all out and try and prove that, you know, you, you can be a, a valuable center fielder. That usually leads to somebody getting hurt, whether it's you or the right fielder, because you're running into people all the time. Um, Marte has to be able to call him off there and, and get that ball. Uh, th there's been not enough, not enough uh, of the Mets offense, not enough of their defense at times. It just looks like a team that's lost. And the sick, sick thing about it, Jake, is if you look in the standings, what are they six out now? Five and six a half. out the Braves win tonight. So they are six and a half games behind the Braves. And they got lucky that the Braves lost four in a row going into Monday. Finally won that third figure, not 10. They could be double digit games out if the Braves finally didn't start losing some games. But the silver lining is this. The Mets are half game out of the wild card. Remember, there's three wild card teams. The Mets are only half a game out of the playoffs playing as terribly terrible as they've played. And I can't even find more synonyms. They're still in a playoff race with what are we 2022? Let me do the Mama Brown math. That's 120 games still remaining. That's a lot of games. Yes. For a team that hasn't won a series since the eve of 420. I'll say it again. Put down the blunt and pick up the bats, Mets. You get you're getting healthy. You got Scherzer, who, you know, seemed like he was much, much more comfortable. Um, rounding into form. Justin Verlander, who, you know, Jumped, in, you know, from 70 pitches to over 100 pitches in that start. And that's why they wanted to give him an extra day, which led to us having to watch Peterson again. Yeah, those um, extra days got to go. Five starters, please. They don't have enough starters to do that. I get why they did that. This was fine, but they, no more. They should have They should have planned. Here's the thing. Foresight, uh, knowing that you had two guys that are, you know, 40-year-old, and knowing you had a Japanese pitcher who's not used to pitching every fifth day, you should have went with a six-man rotation right out the shoot. Everybody's prepared doing it in spring training, doing it in the beginning of the season, and everybody would have been much more prepared to do it and, and, and be okay with it. 
Um, baseball has always a team like Tampa Bay. They were the first ones to use the opener and still use the opener. You can name five, name the five starting pitchers for the Tampa Bay Rays. I'll wait. Uh, yeah, I couldn't because then they do a lot of they'll be doing two an opener and then another basically opener Tuesday. They uh, lost they two pitchers. Right. Yeah, they just lost two pitchers. Uh, one's having Tommy John. Springs is having Tommy John. And then you look at uh, Rasmussen, who threw a gem against the Yankees for seven innings. And then he turns out the next day, 60 day I.L. So did the Rays boo-hoo? Oh, my God, our guys are injured? No, no. all they do is they still find ways to win ball games. They still well, their play. whole lineup is hitting, too, which is the polar opposite of and the if you Okay, name the nine starting players for the Tampa I Bay Rays. I cannot without a depth chart in this front of me. This is what I'm saying. So I'm, <laughs> not, Franco. I'm not sitting here, uh, uh, you know, we don't have the players to do it. We don't have the, 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 the guys aren't healthy. Other teams are finding ways to win and look no further than Tampa Bay Rays, who everybody says, oh, soft schedule, this, that, that. We just talked about soft schedule. 13 games against teams under 500, <gasps> uh, four series in a row where you're playing teams you should be beating. And not just you're not beating them, you're not scoring any runs off them. Averaging two runs or less, you know, what, six out of the last seven games, it seems? You score eight runs in one damn inning. One damn inning, not eight runs in the game. One damn inning. Nothing else besides that. The other eight scoreless. Yet they had again. two good innings all weekend. They had the Lindor, you know, while I was watching my Knicks season come to an end, he had his three-run single, and he had the eight-run inning. Outside of those two innings, the Mets offense was a disgrace this week. Yeah, and it's, it's getting harder and harder to watch. And so, you know, you talk about things that have to get uh, – uh, you have to shake it up, and they're trying to play the long game, and I understand it. I understand it because, yes, it's a long season. We're only a third of the way there or, or whatever it is, a fifth of the way there or whatever we're at these days. My biggest thing is we just looked at last year what the Phillies were able to do, even what the the Braves were able to do in this division where they caught fire at the end and overtook the Mets. You look, you know, uh, when the Nationals won the World Series and they after 50 games, they were 19 and 31. This isn't that kind of situation. So as bad as it looks, it's not that bad. It, it can turn around very quickly, but it has to be the consistency of good at bats, the consistency of, of not making boneheaded plays and making excuses about it afterwards. I think, you know, I think you're going to see a different Buck Showalter coming pretty soon because in this day and age, they don't like when you call out, call them out in the media. And I, I'm sure Buck is really good at not doing that. But behind closed doors, he's telling them to clean it up. He's telling them that this is unacceptable, but he's got to make it seem as if, you know, these guys are professionals and they know what they're doing. Maybe they don't because they keep doing the same damn things. So I think um, there there will be some not necessarily finger pointing, but guys need to start taking accountability for, you know, their inability to to score runs, to make pitches and to, you know, get get the job done. Flip a table. Flip a table, Buck. Flip (laughs) over the bologna sandwiches. Toss this thing off my rooftop later. Ever since that thing came out, how many games have they won? Every game they lose because of this thing. <laughs> Look at this. This is the Mets season right now. It should be this. All smiles. It shouldn't be this. That's funny. <sighs> they need a spark. And I'm telling you, Tuesday, I'm like, I want it to be like a storybook. Justin Verlander makes his home debut, City Field. Is it rocking on a Tuesday? No. Tickets are still $7 on TikTok right now. But the 27,000 fans. Oh, what was the name of that website you get your tickets at? Tick pick. Make sure you say it carefully. <laughs> whoa, whoa. It's uh, actually whoa. very good. I, we need to get them as a sponsor maybe, but I shouldn't be giving this this much free promo. 
Uh, on that front, by the way, there are apparently going to be 50 more podcast shirts made uh, nice. with the Cadillac logo on the sleeves. So there will nice. be limited limited supply only. Um, so I'm already going to have people already have one. They're like, can I get the other color? It's like, no, stop being greedy. You got one, <laughs> share for the others. We're already giving them for free. I mean, most places charge. We're just, we're for the people, by the people. That's us. But, you know, Taylor Swift was shaking it off this weekend in Philly. The Mets need to shake it off and turn this thing around. Is it shake it off? Shake it off. Shake yeah, it, that's it, it off, right? Not yeah. shake it up. I'm thinking no. of because Scott Farrell, the radio host, says shake it up. No, the Mets, mm-hmm. shake it up, shake it off. Shake, shake, <laughs> shake Sonora. Do whatever you need to do to turn this around. Because like we say time after time, I said it with Clem from Barstool, they are better than this. Like I know, and I get it. You could have the argument of, okay, last year, a lot of these guys had career years and they're not going to repeat those years. I get that. But even these guys at solid to mediocre years, they're better than 20 and 22. It starts with starting pitching. No more excuses. Scherzer's back and look good. Verlander back and look good. Carrasco's back this week. Maybe that was the reason for his struggles. People forget that he was a 15-win guy last year. Carrasco's no bum. You got him. Senga, you hope he's starting to adjust to the ball, and he'll be good. The weather's warming up now. Easier to grip the ball. He should be good. And then, you know, you'll probably have McGill. McGill has luckily been solid. No more Peterson. Lucchese's been an option, so that time is done for Lucchese. You got your five guys. Now go show us. And it's going to take help. Like, you get called up for, you know, a starter who's struggling – that's kind of the kick in their rear end of I got to be better. You said Vientos. I say Mauricio. Mauricio's 353, seven overs, 24 RBIs. And the thing with Mauricio Figgy is you can you can throw him at second and then have McNeil in the outfield. Luckily, Can is finally coming around. Marte in a six-game hitting streak finally seems to be coming around. But at least with Mauricio, you have the option to put him at second. With Vientos, it's like, are you going to play him against a lefty over Beatty at third? Or are you going to DH him? Or are you going to maybe play him at first and DH Alonzo, but Alonzo likes to be out there every day. Vientos, you have less options, but I agree he does have more experience and gives you a little bit more power for a team figgy that outside of Lindor and Alonzo is getting absolutely no home run production. 62 RBIs from those guys, and I think it's 18 homers. Outside of that, no one has more than three dingers, and that is quite alarming on May 15th. Yeah, so we were talking about that on the show today. They said, you know, will Pete Alonzo lead the major leagues in home runs? And I said, if any of these pitchers had a brain in their heads, the guy who's batting fifth, no matter who that guy has been all season long, has batted 211 with three home runs and 11 RBIs. So why the hell would you pitch to Pete Alonzo? Pitch to whoever's behind Pete Alonso. Don't worry about Pete Alonso. Whether you walk him, hit him, whatever it may be, he shouldn't see pitches to hit. He shouldn't see anything that he can get a barrel to um, with, with with any kind of ease. So I, I said I would love to see him have that opportunity, but he needs protection behind him. He needs somebody batting behind him that will allow these guys to say, hey, you know what? We don't want to load the bases for the next guy. We don't want to put him on and just see what happens because the, the next guy up can handle the bat. That's where they went wrong, where the, we talked about a right-handed DH the whole winter. They needed a right-handed DH. Needed a, right-handed, a power bat like a Nelson Cruz will get Pete Alonso pitched to because Nelson Cruz has hit 20-plus home runs for the last two decades. Not one, two decades. And you need somebody in that spot that can make them pitch to Pete, make a mistake to Pete, give Pete an opportunity to to come through in the clutch. Because why the hell would you pitch to him if you didn't have to? And these teams are going to start getting smarter. If they're not, then 
whatever this new analytical baseball is, is just gone right past me. Yeah, why pitch him when Daniel Vogelback is taking every pitch in sight? Like, you didn't get Vogelback just to walk. Sure, his OBP is great. Yippee. He's doing nothing else. 19 homers, 62 RBIs between Alonzo and Lindor. And Lindor, you know, while he's been good in the clutch, I guess, he's got to start hitting just more, period. 224 is unacceptable. 308 OBP. He's not even getting on a third of the time. Pete's getting on a third of the time. And then Nimmo's your next guy with 18 RBIs. Brandon Nimmo is your leadoff hitter. That's a problem when your number three RBI guy is your leadoff hitter. And Nimmo has really been the only constant in terms of hitting. Pete's been, you know, good, 13 homers, but hasn't hit a bunch of homers lately, and he's not hitting enough. Nimmo's your one guy. McNeil, batting champ, is at 270. Everyone else has sucked, and that's why you need an infusion. Sure, Vogelback's OBP's good, but he's not good enough. Sit his ass. Sit his ass on the bench. Mark Canna, maybe he's coming around now the last few games. He hasn't been good enough. Sit his ass. Get one of these guys up here. You need some kind of spark. And one of those guys, they got to realize, I got to be better. We got to be better. And listen, Tommy Pham, he's got nine RBIs, three homers, but he's hitting 191. Like, he cannot be hitting cleanup in a game you need to win the series. You know, you look at the contenders across the board, and the Mets are going to see a lot of them in the next six weeks, Viggy, where the schedule gets just ridiculous. And I'll give you the stats in a second. But you don't have contending teams have – having a 191 hitter hitting cleanup who's doing nothing for you. So you want to know the upcoming schedule, why it needs to begin now. And here it is. You you had your stretch with easy games. You sucked so bad that you've put yourself in a position where you got to beat good teams. And, you know, the Phillies were 19 and 22 at this time of the year last year, and they made the world series. So again, it, like we keep saying, it's not over, but there's got to be a kick in the rear end. And you look at the schedule here coming up. It is extremely Difficult, Figgy. Up until the All-Star break, they have nine games against teams who are below 500. The rest of them are all teams right around 500 or better. That means a whole lot of games against really good teams. And, you know, if you can't beat the bad teams, I don't know what tells me now you could beat good teams. But up until the All-Star break, buckle up because there are all difficult games ahead, Figgy. You almost want the good teams to come in because that's what they did when they went out out west, right? They went out It'd west for that Dodgers, challenge. Yeah. Thirty nine games against teams right around five hundred better. Nine against way below five hundred teams. Thirty nine versus nine. That's a big difference. Oh, it's a huge difference. But again, you hope they play to a level of competition. Maybe they raise their level. Who knows what it might take? That's a spark right there because they know their backs against the wall. You just literally gave away thirteen games where it, they should have been competitive. They shouldn't have been competitive. You, you, you have teams who have uh, not necessarily thrown in the towel, but, you know, they're in that rebuilding phase or just don't care. They're, you know, the Cincinnati Reds just don't care. You know, it's not they're, they're not in the in the division that they feel that they can win right now. They're trying to build something. But, man, you can't go out there night and night out losing the game in the first inning and then coming back, you know, coming back at the end of the game and you're one run short. Oh my God, time and time again. It's got to be the most frustrating thing in the world. And you and you sit back and you're like, you know, Uncle Buck's gonna save us. But man, he's got he's he's reaching at straws now. There's nothing else he can say. All the cliches are already out. You know, there's nothing else that can be said. They just gotta get the damn job done. You know what to do? Just start bunting. Lay down oh, some first inning bunts. Give me a lead off bunt. Shake it up. Shake it off. That's the theme of the show. That'll be the headline. Shake it off featuring Taylor Swift. I can book her on the show. She was busy this weekend. <laughs> ah! 
It's got to change. And the Rays come. The Guardians come. You know, the good news is you get Verlander. You might get him twice. You might, I think you'll get him Tuesday, and you might. You should get him Sunday. Go out and go four and two. Like, just win two series. We're not asking for sweeps here. Get back in this thing and turn it around. And That's usually I, what happens. So you, you win two out of three at home. You win the series at home, and then you try and – spoil it for the other teams when you're on the road and if the, those bad teams that you can go in their home their their house and, and sweep them and it just you know builds up and it adds up towards the end when you start looking at the games that you should have won and the games in april that we talk about these games that we're watching now where you're like my god they're just giving away these games you know these are these are games that that are within their reach and it's it's frustrating um, you know talk about the yankees for a second somebody was saying you know oh well they've lost six of the games against the rays by one run i don't give a damn if it's one run or a hundred runs a loss is a loss at the end of the year you don't get you don't get a, a bigger ribbon at the end of the year because you almost won you you, you lost and, and that's it, no no matter what. And so I, I don't sit there and look at the positives of that. Well, we almost won those games. No, that, that, that doesn't matter. There's no one, there's no Mets yearbook looking back. Oh, and, you know, this team almost won 100 games. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Well, speaking of Mets yearbook, you know, we'll cl- before we go to the academy, we'll close with this. What an utter, I mean, the weekend was already a clown show, but what an utter disgrace when you had to watch seven episodes of Mets yearbooks because it was a five-hour rain delay and it wasn't even raining. I mean, Saturday, three-hour delay rain. I mean, you should have never started the game because they were playing in a downpour. And, of course, the Mets end up losing this game, suspended game on Sunday. You know, it's the rain stops. They don't get the field together. They leave fans waiting another hour and a half with no rain. And then they're like, all right, we're going to move it to Sunday. You know, it's top third. Of course, the Mets have two guys on, one out, which usually means they're not going to score. They end up the next day scoring. But, of course, they get screwed because they're in the middle of their lineup, lose 3-2 on Sunday. And on top of that, the Nationals in their Bozo Stadium that doesn't serve straws because they're communists. Who doesn't have straws? They're communists. They freaking make it a split admission doubleheader. Hey, you bums. Fans aren't already showing up to your games. Take whatever people are getting tickets. Why would you make it split admission and screw the fans over who waited four hours on Saturday to go get their food and then go to a kiosk to pay for it and then come back to pick up the food because your service and your system to order food and eat food and drink without a straw is bizarre. And that's why when someone said, hey, are you going to the D.C. this week? I said, no. <laughs> All right. I had to let that out. I feel better you, now. You will never <sighs> go back there again, huh? What a, what a disgrace that was over the weekend. And then, of course, they lose the suspended game because what else is new? All right, the Rays, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday afternoon game. We'll, next episode will come out Thursday night. And hopefully we're talking about a series win on there. And then don't forget Subway Series. We haven't finalized it yet, but we should have a live podcast likely at Ebbs Brewing after the second Subway Series game. So that's Wednesday June 14th, which happens to be flag day. Maybe the Mets by flag on 420. <laughs> they had won their last series. Maybe flag day. They'll be celebrating a subway series sweep on a holiday. All right. We'll try and make things brighter next as uh we talk about maybe butt cheeks and the new butt cheeks celebration. You know, the Mets did the whole slap on the butt. When they had their eight run inning, I'll take credit yeah. for that because they did it against Dom Smith, who did grab my butt cheek once. And I'll take credit for that. I don't see how that's the same. 
Oh, well, you'll find out why. Oh, on the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Next. Not amazing, but true. You know, pick off hurt us, but, you know, hopefully that's something you'll learn from, young player, and it won't happen again. I could hear Kirby hauling back as the pitch was going to the plate. Bienvenidos, mi gente. We are now entering the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Dieta restringida. Oh, my God. Dieta. Is that even Spanish? Oh, did I just roll my R? I think you rolled a T. It was awful. <laughs> Manejando borracho. Manejando borracho. Why did it sound like you got zapped? Well, I'm trying to switch up the tongue rotations and mm. get it, get the tongue right. You got to believe. Tienes que creer. Tienes que creer. You make it sound so good. I just can't roll the R, but otherwise. Awful. Bore, tienes que creer. Amen. How do you say amen? Uh, you just said it. I can't remember this stuff. It is hard. You just say yes. We, uh, si. There you go. I knew you could do it. Bienvenidos, mi gente, a la Academia de Español de Nelson Figueroa. For those of you who don't speak Spanish, uh, welcome to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, where my one and only student and sometimes guest students with, you know, hearts comes in and nails it every time. But Jake is trying to broaden his horizons and be able to not just curse in English, but curse in Spanish at the players so they can understand him because he's reached that limit. Um, today's Phrase. Well, the first one we're going to go with abofetear las nalgas. You should say what that means. You gotta say I'm going to let first. you say it first. All right. Say it again. I got to type it in. <laughs> abofetear las a, nalgas. A, a China buffet? A buffet? What? Buffet? Abofetear las nalgas. Abofetear? Abofetear. <laughs> It's almost like you're a Muppet, but your mouth doesn't close all the way. I love the Muppets. So that's a good reference. <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time, actually. A buffetear. Not a buffetear. A buffetear. That's a not this. <laughs> a buffet. A buff. I can't. I, now I need to go to a China buffet this week. <laughs> No, I've been one of those in years, even though people <laughs> usually frown upon those. But I, I love no. China buffets. No. A buffetear. Oh, my God. It sounds so Say awful. it again. Abofetear las nalgas. Las not. Na, I gotta say this word carefully. Say it again. Nalgas. Nalgas. Abofe. Ab. Ab. Don't you want to fanta fanta? Abofetear las nalgas. Yeah, that hurts. So that means slapping butt cheeks. Remember oh, your whole ra- one. Nice. Your whole rally okay. thing, and and of course you and Dom Smith. So abofetear. Abomination. Abafatear las nalgas. Okay, we got to move on. My God. That, that was not bad. No, for you. Next, of course, because you're such a Swifty. Quitarselo de encima. That means shake it off, shake it off. Ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh. Say it again. Quitarselo de encima. Oh my God, that's not even Spanish. What's the first word? Quita, quinoa pie? What? Quitarselo. Quitarselo. Quitaselo de encima. De emphysema? De zima? De, de encima. Encima. De encima. Not de. 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 <laughs> de. All right. Quitasola de encima. Quitaselo de encima. Cello. Okay. Like jello, right? Yes. Quitaselo okay. de encima. Beautiful. Now say it with a little more flair. Quitaselo de encima. 
There you go. Shake it off. That was like Spanish for dummies right there. Look that's at that. What the Mets, that's what the Mets have to do. And last, but, and last but not least, we talked about it often on this episode that this team needs something to happen. They need a spark. So for a spark, la chispa. That's it? That's it. Simple. A spark. It's small. But la what happens? Chisma? Chispa. I'm like, get some pizza now. La ch- chispa? <laughs> Not cheese spa. I, now I got first. You got buffets on my mind. Now you got <laughs> cheese on my mind. I Dude. got lactate pills over there that I'm gonna have I, to take if I'm eating all this cheese. I, I'm I'm not even kidding. I'm glad you're a happy, well-rounded individual who enjoys going out and walking, you know, through the city and 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 walking to see Met games and walking around That'd the be stadium. The nicest thing you've ever seen. Because about. because at this point, everything that you think of and hear is food. I'm, and I'm fat. Worried. What do you want me to do? But, People are like, you're, you're not, not fat. I'm like, you, could you want be. me to whip my belly out right now? <laughs> I, when people say that, I, I'm ve- I feel, you know, thank you very much for thinking I'm not fat. But if you saw my diet, you would think I star in Shrek 4 on, you know, ESPN 8, the Ocho. And, and, you know, I'm not. All right. Well, say a cheese, What is it again? <laughs> not cheese, ma. Not cheese. Get cheese out of your mind. La chispa. La chispa. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it pretty much is like cheese. It's cheese. It, it's not cheese. It. Okay. So the idea behind it, it's something short, it's quick. It, so I, I played in Mexico and I, that was one of the first like nicknames. When you, when you play in the Mexican league, you have to have a nickname. So uh, one of the guys names was, was Chispa. And I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? They're like, you know, he, he, he gets everything started. He's the, the, the guy who starts things. I'm like, what does that mean? And then I found out that's what it meant. It meant the spark. He was, he's a spark plug. He's the guy that gets it going. So no, funny need a cheese pa they funny. need a cheese pa so the funny story about that is i go down to play mexican uh summer ball uh this is in 2006 i'm recovering from my surgery still i go to play in the in the mexican summer league the dorados de chihuahua so that's the, my favorite team the dorados de chihuahua was the name of the team they were in chihuahua mexico i get there i tell the cab driver i'm, I'm heading to the stadium and he's like oh you know you like baseball i said yeah i love baseball and he's like oh you going to watch i go no i'm actually a player and he goes no you're a player and this is all happening in spanish and he says you uh he goes what's your name and i say nelson figueroa and he goes no 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 your name your name and i'm like what do you mean he's like you know the guys down here they have names El Borrego, you know, this is a guy's name. He's a he's he's a middle infielder. He's a middle infielder, a shortstop. It means uh, it's, it's like a guy who uh, it's like an animal who buries, who burrows. You know, he stays low to the ground. He fields everything. He's he's low to the ground. So I'm like, okay, Borrego, and I so I I go. This is my one moment. I can I can get any name I want. So I go. You know what? I'm uh, El Asesino, the assassin. You know, and he looks at me in the mirror through the the rearview mirror in the car, and he looks at me. And I had my long hair going at the time. And he goes, the assassin? Come on, man. You look more like Sepien. So Sepien, I didn't know what that meant. So I'm like, okay, Sepien, whatever. I get to the ballpark and I, I tell one of the guys on the team that I knew. I said, hey, I said, Luis, I go, uh, what the hell's a Sepien? And he looks at me, he goes, oh my God, Sepien. And he's pointing at me. So he looks it up on the internet and shows me. And it's a Mexican clown who's a white guy with long hair. <laughs> Long dark hair and curls, and he has a you know a, a painted on makeup beard, and he goes, "You do look like Seppi." But I went from the assassin 
to the clown very quickly. And that damn name stuck for about a good two years. And every time I played in Mexico and the, or near the Mexican leagues, everybody's like, oh, Sepin is here. And I'm like, no, 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 Sepin. It don't make sense. You are a clown. I'm going to start calling you La Sepin. So you had Sepin. Oh, that one you know. That one you can nail. Sepin. I mean, we're, it takes one to know one. You know, La Sepin's <laughs> got to stick together. And La Burrito, Burrito, bur- another food item. Oh, I went from Chipa to Cheese pot to burrito. Burrito real quick. Oh, God. Well, the Mets, get yourself a cheese pot, get a burrito, and, you know, get some get some runs. Cinnamon. How about some runs and wins? Get some runs, too, and throw some cinnamon twist on the side. We'll close <laughs> out this episode of Amazing But True next. I don't know. There's there's a lot of things you could probably point at, but it's how do you how do you fix that? I'm just telling the guys and myself to go and try and not give one at bat away. You just go and you grind every single time until you find it. Well, righty, that says adios to La Cheese Paws here on True. <laughs> You're the worst. Oh God, I I gotta go get a snack. I'm hungry. All right, that says goodnight. Episode 145, Amazing but True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Yeah, thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz, because I'm have a feeling he might help on this uh, for producing the show. As always, you guys are the best. Subscribe to Amazing but True on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page to watch all episodes. Find that Amazing But True playlist and give us a thumbs up below on YouTube and comment below. We'll read the comments and we'll um, definitely trying to be a little bit more interactive with our fans uh, from here on out because we're suffering along with you guys. So um, we'll, we'll mention you guys on the next broadcast so we can get your interaction and, and uh, try to answer your questions, comments, concerns. Uh, you know, I, I want to be a man of the people, as they say. So follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True, at Figgy NY, and at Jake Brown Radio. And if you need a cheese paw, tweet us <laughs> at lacheesepaw.com. All right. Well, no, whatever you do, don't stick .com behind anything, especially when it's in another language, because then people go to it and they get a virus and they're going to blame you. Well, Mets of the Rays, we'll see you at the ballpark this week. Tuesday, I'm actually going, as people listen to this, to uh, Mookie Wilson is doing a catering event for Mets season ticket holders, which I am not one. But I, as a member of the media, I have the ability to go eat some of Mookie Wilson's food. <laughs> so it's kind of a get some free food card for me, but also get content. So you'll have me eating. Mookie Wilson. Uh, Whoa, pause. <laughs> the hell just happened? That, that, that sentence did not come out like I was supposed to. Uh, <laughs> you'll have me eating Mookie Wilson's food. Quickly, food is catered food. Uh, oh my god! And we'll post, we'll tweet those videos that. True. The worst part is, oh is that the wait, wait. The worst part is, is that it's barbecue. So that could have been much, much worse. <laughs> Things are getting spicy between Mookie. Oh, it's tender. <laughs> yeah. We eat spicy food and then he'll ordain my wedding in eight years. That's, oh, you could do it all. I guess, I guess the timeline I'm putting at it. That means that will put me at 40. So by 40, I think I'll be married. The Knicks season's over. Nets season's over. Ranger season's over. It's all about the Mets. So be better. Please. <laughs> save us. Go beat the Rays. We'll talk to you Thursday. Figure we'll be back after Sunday night baseball on Sunday against the Guardians. Looks like good weather all week, so hopefully no rainouts, normal schedule week, and maybe a couple of Mets series wins. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We'll see you Thursday. And Figgy, we got to rally the troops, so we need some cheese pods, and we also need three words and three and two and one. Let's go, Mets. Be better, please. <laughs> <laughs>
Could you want be. me to whip my belly out right now? <laughs>